This is Serenade Radio with the best in easy listening. Now here's Mark Stein with Stein's Song of the Week. On our Yuletide Songs of the Week, we have featured great American holiday standards and timeless European carols. But today, we are going to ponder British Christmas songs with the help of two of our top songwriters, Don Black and Tim Rice, owing an appearance by everybody's favourite colleague, Dana. composer and lyricist would like to have a Christmas song. Aside from anything else, it's a seasonal insurance policy for your old age. But it's tricky. Jimmy Kennedy is one of our very greatest songwriters from Omar County Tyrone. He wrote Red Sails in the Sunset, South of the Border, Istanbul, not Constantinople, Teddy Bear's Picnic, The Hokey Cokey. But Christmas... He never quite closed the deal. When the party starts and the night is young, go and find where the mistletoes hung, and standing there is a pretty misket. Yourself a mistletoe kiss. Jimmy Kennedy wrote that with his wife, the actress Constance Carpenter. They were married and divorced, remarried and re-divorced. So the mistletoe went up, came down, went back up again, down again. Uh, In America, Russ Morgan had the number one band of the year in 1949, but even he couldn't land that song because that was the first Christmas of Sleigh Ride, Blue Christmas, and stand well back, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. A tough year for a British Christmas song. Let's meet Don Black and Tim Rice, among other achievements. Don wrote the first British song to win an Academy Award, Born Free. And Tim won an Oscar for Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King, just to name the Leonine hits in their catalogues. But before we go all British, Don has a connection to the biggest American Christmas song of all. I have a tenuous link with White Christmas. The man I wrote, I wrote a song called Ben. For Michael Jackson. Been the two of us need look no more. We both found what we were looking for. The man who wrote the music was called Walter Scharf, and he wrote uh, the score for Holiday Inn. So he did the first arrangement of White Christmas. Really? And Walter always talked to me about that. Just thought I'd throw that in to your So he, he saw one of those very simple Irving Berlin uh, lead sheets and he put uh, all the sleigh bells in the he snow must have in done. for Bing to tap out with his pipe on the... Yes, uh, that's exactly right. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just, just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten the treetops glisten and children listen and children listen to hear, to hear sleigh bells in the snow Christmas songs and and both of you have written Christmas songs before we get into that specifically 
the, the British, and unlike the Americans, I think, have a slight kind of love-hate relationship with, with the Christmas song. They, they um, And I notice uh, if you're ever in Britain in the days before Christmas and you tune around the radio, there'll be some disc jockey counting down your 30 all-time worst Christmas turkeys and things like that. They have a slightly ambivalent relationship with the uh, with the genre. So how do you feel? Are you, are you pro or anti-Christmas song, Tim? Well, I think a good Christmas song can be absolutely fantastic. Most of them, I think, have been American. And the British phenomenon you mentioned about songs at Christmas time um, came about really when there was a string of hits, mainly around the late 60s, early 70s, which were not specifically Christmassy songs, but slightly inane, things like Lily the Pink or Two Little Boys. Perhaps that's a bit unfair, because in a way they're both rather good songs. But um, Christmas time seemed to be a time for people to go out and buy records they wouldn't buy at any other time of the year. And in later years, they've gone out and bought some truly dire records by people like Mr. Blobby. Um, (laughs) But but in the 70s, there was a string of bona fide English Christmas hits, which, you know, Slade, Mard, Wizard, that lot, which were great pop records, but somehow didn't really become the standards other than the fact that the original version kept getting played every Christmas, but they didn't become covered by everybody from Elvis to Perry Como to Bing Crosby. You see what I mean? Oh, I don't know. How about Max Bygraves sings Slane? Are you hanging up a stocking on your wall? It's the time that every Santa has a ball. Does he ride a red-nosed reindeer? Does he turn up on his sleigh? Do the fairies keep him sober for a day? So here it is, Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun. I, I suspect, Don, because Tim... Tim likes uh, more the, uh, the that uh, classic Can, rock and roll thing. That's you, correct. You prefer more the standard Well, yeah. Christmas I mean, I, I remember I was used to be very friendly with uh, Tommy Connor, who wrote I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus. Well, he called, you said uh, I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus, yeah, of but course. he called it I Saw Mommy Kissing yes. Santa Claus because he had, even though he was British, he had an eye on the American market. He, was, he had that kind he of He was savvy. smart. Yeah. The first time I heard that song when I was four or five and Don was five or six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get the brilliant twist in it yeah. I just thought wow what a lovely song Mummy is kissing Santa Claus who's obviously a very nice mm. man He also wrote Lily Marlene. 
Right, right. He was and I think, didn't he write, he's the little boy that Santa Claus forgot? I think that's what it Sounds right up Tommy Street. He's the little boy that Santa Claus forgot. And goodness knows he didn't want a lot. He sent a note to Santa for some soldiers and a drum. It broke his little heart when he found Santa hadn't come. In the street he envies all those lucky boys. Then wanders home to last year's broken toys. I'm so sorry for that laddie. He hasn't got a daddy. Little boy that Santa Claus forgot. Nat King Cole sings Tommy Connor, and one of the first British Christmas pop songs from 1937. The American Yuletide hits date mostly from the 40s, the UK ones, as Tim Rice pointed out, from the 70s. Don't worry, I'm not going to play Wizard or the Wombles, but I do have a soft spot for this one. And here's everyone's favourite Irish lass, Dana, to tell me all about it. Is this a song you you still enjoy hearing? I do, because, um, again, I think with every song, for everyone, it's maybe not... 100% 100% the song mm. it's the memories attached to it That's right. and I remember this song um, at the time my record producer was a man called Jeff Stevens who wrote that wonderful song Winchester Cathedral oh, yes. um, I, he was a wonderful writer and he wrote this song with Roger Greenaway and Roger did the demo tape mm. at the time I was in Germany I was recording in Germany and uh, he wrote this song and it was very close to Christmas and he flew to Germany and we recorded it on the end of a session I was doing there. So I I've only received the backing track and Roger's voice. And Roger Greenaway um, has a really cute thing. He can't say R and he lisps. And it's really nice, uh. actually. And so the first time I heard it, it went, It's going to be a cold, cold Christmas. And ever since then, every time I hear my version, mm. I hear Rogers. <laughs> and I like it. Ah, I see. You... Well, I can't say R myself, you know. Ah. I've always had problems with it from I was a child. <laughs> um, but I find that attractive in other mm. people. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for popping in. and uh, enjoyed it. And uh, here is It's Gonna Be a Cold, Cold Christmas Without You. According to the radio, warmer weather's in the way. Chances are we won't be getting snow But even if the sun shines from now to Christmas Day As far as I'm concerned, I know It's gonna be a cold, cold Christmas without you Dreaming of us Together 
wrote There's a Kind of Hush All Over the World Tonight and Roger Greenaway wrote I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing in Perfect Harmony but they came together at Christmas 1975 for It's Going to Be a Cold, Cold Christmas Without You or as Dana first heard it on Roger Greenaway's demo It's Going to Be a Cold, Cold Christmas and ever since she told me that story that's the way I always hear it too Now, Tim, uh, for a uh, guy who's always been more of a rock and roll fan, you wound up writing a uh, Christmas song for Perry Como with Andrew Lloyd Webber. How did that happen? Well, Andrew was invited fairly, fairly early on in, in our career and his career. He was invited by Ronald Neem, the great film director, who's still going strong um, as we speak. He's 94, 95. I had lunch with him in, in Los Angeles not that long ago. And um, he asked Andrew to write the score for The Odessa File. Freddie Forsyth book, and there was a uh, one song was required, and the Odessa file was set in 1963, the year of President Kennedy's assassination, and we were asked to write a song, or Andrew was asked to write a song, and he asked me to write the words um, for a Christmassy song that that might have been a hit in '63. Um, I think nowadays a I mean, perhaps the average film director would have used an actual hit of the time, but um, in fact they almost did because we more or less rewrote Wooden Heart by Elvis Presley. So, so the <laughs> even, remark... Even, even to the extent of having a German choir of children in it. Can you see I love you? Please don't break my heart in two. That's not hard to do Cause I don't have a wooden heart the whole, the whole thing always sounds like wooden heart sideways. It is. It, it is extremely close to wooden heart. And, and that was intentional, was it? Well, I, I never like to ask. I mean, I was always terribly <laughs> polite when working with Andrew. I didn't like to say things like, isn't this a bit close to wooden heart? <laughs> um, I just thought, well, you know, it's, it's quite catchy. Um, and... I don't think it was one of my greatest lyrics. It had one or two quite nice lines in it. Right. But the first line was, Watch me now, here I go, all I need's a little snow. Right. And this was interpreted in uh, some quarters as, as being a, a call for cocaine, 
which was not not my thought at all. And but also did, did in 1963, that... it would, wouldn't have been current at all. So, but even with that street cred that the lyric got in certain quarters, it wasn't a massive hit. Right, even Perry Como singing drug songs, that, <laughs> that combination. Yeah. But I was thrilled, I really was, to have Perry Como sing one of my songs. I mean, right. that, was, that was just fantastic. <laughs> Watch me now, here I go, all I need's a little snow Starts me off, sets the theme, helps me dream my Christmas dream Every year I dream it, hoping things will change And into the crying, the shouting, the dying And I hope you will dream it too it's Christmas. Remember, we've got to remember. But you, you, uh, you say, as you say, there's a German chorus that's sort of halfway in the middle of that. Now, I know years ago, you had a commission to write a song for Sasha Distel, and uh, subsequently discovered you were meant to turn it in in French, and so wrote it in French. Did you write the uh, the German? No, too? tragically, my German wasn't wasn't up to it. The um, English stuff is mine. Halfway through, a German gang of lederhosen-clad nippers comes in and, <laughs> and, and warbles in German, and they do it very well. But they could be singing, you know, the Delaman directly. The lederhosen-clad nippers. I believe there is now a Grammy category for that. Anyway, Tim's right. Perry Como's record is very nice. And if you've never seen or read The Odessa File, bear in mind that, as Tim mentioned, it's set in 1963, when Christmas came just a month after the Kennedy assassination. Watch me now, here I go, all I need's a little snow Starts me off, sets the theme, helps me dream my Christmas dream Every year I dream it, hoping things will change And into the crying, the shouting, the dying And I hope you will dream it too it's Christmas, remember, we've got to remember So light the light, I'm home tonight I need you to warm me, to calm me, to love me To help me to dream my Christmas dream Crazy things said and done every single day but one Every night should I believe be the same as Christmas Eve Night should all be silent, they should all slow down And into the hurry, the noise and the worry And I hope you believe that too It's Christmas, remember, there's no one remember The whole world needs a Christmas Calm us to love us, to help us to dream our Christmas dream. Doch man will es wirklich, Luft die Fantasie, muss 
us to love us, to help us to dream our Christmas dream. Number 92. 92. On the Billboard Hot 100 in 1974, Perry Como sings Rice and Lloyd Webber. What's the attraction for a writer in writing a Christmas song? Don Black. I do like the idea of writing a Christmas song. Any kind of seasonal song is a great help to the lyric writer. Right. Because, you know, with a song that's a pop song, you've got nothing to hang on to. It's harder writing, you've lost that loving feeling. Um, yeah. You know, but it's better to write that than saying, you don't love me anymore. Right. Uh, so when someone says to you, write a spring song or a summer song or a Christmas song, you think, yeah, great. I, mean, I think one of your best songs is Perfect Year, which is a New Year's song. Right. I mean, I mean that's the, I'm amazed yeah. there are so few New Year's songs. And yeah. Don has written one of the very best. It was a big hit in England. No, I, re I remember the first night of uh, Sunset Boulevard. Right. Uh, I came up to you and I said, "Oh, that's a lovely song." And you and and, and you went, "Oh, well, yeah, I think we may have found a little opening there." <laughs> uh, because right. uh, there's there basically, uh, what are you doing, New Year's Which Eve? I love. There was an opening, I mean, and Andrew, and uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that, you know, always looking for a take-home song, and that was a perfect situation. Uh, it's New Year's Eve, there's just two people, and it's, new, and it's midnight, you know, I mean, what else? <laughs> it's, a, it's a gift. Dina Carroll uh, had the big uh, yeah. pop hit yes. with it. Long as your face 
so few New Year songs and I think in part it's because it's a public occasion that it's everybody's uh, you count down to midnight everybody's uh, holding hands and singing old Lang Syne and uh, they're getting drunk and they're all packed into a room together and you found a way to shrink all that From me to you, Dina Carroll, with a top five hit from 1993, music and lyrics by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Don Black. Hope you have a perfect year. Oh, and a quick Christmas postscript. It's fair to say that many of the artists we've played on this show, Perry Como, Nat King Cole, are not really Andrew Lloyd Webber's bag. Now, I, I've always had the impression... Uh, I think this is something you you told me, Don, years ago. That Andrew, he's not too big on that whole kind of mainstream American pop vocal thing. The uh, the, the the Perry Comos and the uh, and the mm. Bing Crosbys. I think didn't you tell uh, you told me once you were in a restaurant with Andrew and Tony Bennett walked in and goes, "Oh hi, Don." Yes. And uh, Andrew turns to you and uh, and it, says, "You like all that stuff, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> With boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Down we now are gay apparel, fa la 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 la. Troll the ancient Yuletide carol, fa la 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 la. 
British Christmas song. The tune is Welsh and the words are by a Scotsman, Thomas Oliphant. So we have toured the Isles today. English, Scottish, Irish, Welsh. Tony Bennett trolls the ancient Yuletide Carol and trolls Andrew Lloyd Webber too. Merry Christmas. Stein's Song of the Week was presented by Mark Stein and produced for Serenade Radio by Brian Savin.